Welcome to Grace in Public, preaching and teaching in the heartland and all around the world. Thank you for joining us today. We really have a wonderful message. I think it's it's preached out of the Song of Solomon and it's preached on the calling and really the intimacy of it. I, I am so thrilled to to be able to present this message on our program today and I hope really hope you enjoy it. We want you to follow very carefully in the story of the maiden and the future bride in the Song of Solomon. We want you to follow carefully three distinct calls that he gave the maiden. Three distinct calls. And of course, spiritually speaking, it can easily be applied, practically speaking, but Jesus Christ and the believer in the church age or the bride with the bridegroom. Now, these calls are very relevant to all of our lives. In Song of Solomon 2, 10 to 13, was the first call. The first call. I want you to listen carefully to it. My beloved spake and said unto me, Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. For lo, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth, and the time of singing of birds is come, and the voice of the turtle is heard in our land. The fig tree putteth forth her green figs, and the vines with the tender grapes give a good smell. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. The first call is to someone who, in verse 9 of Song of Solomon 2, was behind our wall, looking forth in the windows. Showing, him, showing himself through the lattice. That's what he was. He was standing behind our wall. This is a picture of someone who is saved, but they have a wall of legalism. Or they have a mental block because of guilt. Or they sense their unworthiness. Or perhaps they have a fear complex. Now they're saved and they're born again. But they constantly get into some kind of moods. They are moody. They have good days and bad days. But almost without exception, sooner or later, so many days a month, they have moody days. I hope that you don't have the misfortune of having one of those kind to be your bedfellow. Your partner in marriage. If you do, love them and there is a way out. But the first call was to come out of the moods, for Jesus Christ would break down our walls. He would take away our mental blocks. You would be shocked at how many people have a mental block. And when you can't get rid of a mental block, you may get angry or depressed. But you will manifest some type of mood in conjunction with the genetics that have resulted from your old sin nature governing your volition. Now, many, many people hide behind a wall. And Jesus has to come and look through a window because he cannot fellowship on the inside. Things that have happened in their life or their natural temperament whereby they never are released. They come to hear the word of God and they are saved and they perceive truth. 
but they are not delivered by truth. They like truth, but truth doesn't control them. They follow truth, but truth doesn't set them free. They get to know truth, but they don't experience it. And so even truth becomes frustrating to their lives. And sooner or later, it becomes so frustrating that they frustrate the grace of God in accordance and measure to their inability to appropriate truth. Is that clear? How did the Lord handle it? He showed them springtime. Seven, God's finished work number. Seven signs of resurrection. And then he left them and wanted them to follow him into resurrection. He was on the mountain leaping. A picture of joy. A picture of divine energy. A picture of spiritual vitality. And he was leaping on the mountain trying to draw them out of themselves. It's quite a thing for the Lord to get some people to come out of themselves. A lot of people have certain gifts, but they never realize them because they don't come out of themselves. Every person has at least one gift, but they never even realize their gift. It's like Psalm 53, 5a that says they have a great fear when there was no fear. A great fear when there was no fear. So the Lord says, listen, the winter is past. The rain is over. The flowers appear. The time of the singing of the birds, the voice of the turtle dove, the fig tree puts forth her green figs, and the vine with her tender grapes. See, there are seven signs of resurrection, of life. He says, Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. Come away into resurrection territory. Live as those that have resurrection. Don't live in the rainstorms. Don't live in the wintry uh, atmosphere of the soul. Those things are over. It's a finished work. Christ prevailed. Christ is reigning over Satan. And for this purpose, he was manifested to destroy the works of the devil in 1 John 3, 8b. So he said, come away. Come out of yourself. Leave your mental blocks. Forget your moods. Somebody said, I've always been moody. Then it's time to leave them. But I don't know how to leave them. I just told you. Now it's a matter of do you want to. But I've been this way for years. That's right. Miserable, miserable, miserable part of the time. And no one can be moody unless they make other people, sooner or later, react to their presence. Now, the only one that ought to be left moody was D.L. Moody. Now, rise out of your self-enclosement. Leave the inhibiting circumstances of self-involvement without crucifixion. And then he said, my dove, thou art in the clefts of the rock. And that means you're a part of my wounded side. You're crucified with me in the secret places of the stairs. That means you're hid with Christ in God. And the stairs always speak of progressive steps of faith by doctrine. Let me see your countenance. In other words, let me enjoy an intimate fellowship with you. Let me see the 
the cheerful countenance of Proverbs 15.13 and 17.22. And the word of God says, Let me hear thy voice, for how sweet is thy voice, and thy countenance is comely. He said, Instead of being moody, come and fellowship with me on the grounds of resurrection. The bad times are over if you just step out of yourself and live in me. Spring is here. It will be very shortly. Spring is here. And she said, take us the little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. The little foxes. And she didn't say, take the little foxes. She said, take us. We're the little foxes. Our negative decisions are the little foxes. We don't go and act as big foxes. We're the little foxes. The little foxes. The little negative decisions. The little negative attitudes. And it spoils the tender grapes of the Holy Spirit and inhibits the flow of those beautiful fruits of the Spirit. And then, my beloved is mine, and I am his, and he feedeth among the lilies, the purity of faith, until the day breaks and the shadows flee away. The second call is in Song of Solomon 4, and I want you to follow that with us carefully. It's verse 8. In verse 7, Thou art all fair, my love. Thou, there is no spot in thee. You see, God always makes his call to his people on the grounds of the finished work. Now, there's a group in Atlanta, Georgia, and I've told you about them, and God bless them. They're Christians, but they're teaching that you can eradicate your old sin nature. And they're teaching that you can be made spotless. And when you are, when enough people have got rid of their old sin natures, Jesus is coming back. To get a perfect bride. Well, I've got news for them. 1 John 1.8 is still in the Bible. And 1 John 1.10 is in the Bible. And Philippians 3.14 is in the Bible. Not as though I've already attained, attained. And he was 67 and getting ready to die shortly. But because of the finished work. Because the Lord imputes righteousness without works. And blessed are those whose iniquities are forgiven. Whose sins are covered. And blessed is the man whom the Lord will not impute sin, Romans 4, 6, 7, and 8, because he, he was made to be sin for us and made us to be the righteousness of the Father in Him. In 2 Corinthians 5, 21, there is no spot in thee because Jesus Christ crucified the old man and buried it and got rid of it and allows us to live on resurrection grounds of the finished work, seven, and have the fruits of Spring, instead of the dullness and darkness of the life in the old sin nature. Now, verse 8, come with me from Lebanon, my spouse. Notice, my, he possesses her. Come with me from Lebanon. Look from the top of Ammonah. Now, Ammonah is interesting in the meaning of that word. It means confirmation of the word of God in a finished amen. Confirmation of the word. And then say amen. It's finished through the word of God. Amen. And then, uh, not only Ammonah, but in verse 8, from the top of Ammonah, from the top of Shinar and Hermon, from the lions then, from the mountains of leopards, this has a practical spiritual meaning and expositional consent that Ian Thomas of England uh, 
did such a beautiful job on expositional consent in the Old Testament. It doesn't take away from the literal. It doesn't take away from the historical. It doesn't take away from the spiritual. But the meanings are very practical and examples for us for daily living. Now, I want you to see that the word Shina means armor. It literally means flexible armor. And it speaks of the whole armor of God in Ephesians 6. 10 to 12. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might and put on the whole armor of God. So you have the confirmation of the word and the finished work. Amen. And then you have the whole armor of God, the helmet, the breastplate, the loins girded with the truth, the sword of the spirit, the word of God and the shoes ready to proclaim the gospel, shone and ready to go and prepare it. The whole armor of God. But the word here, Herman, is a word for destruction. And then the lions speak of those that threaten individuals with fear because of their strength and their quickness. And the leopard speaks of appetite and one that devours. So here's a picture of Jesus Christ having destroyed Satan whose appetite it is to seek whom he may devour. That is, he protects People from being devoured by Satan with his beautiful finished work. And Herman means destruction. And here he also takes these lions who bring in fear and insecurity and anxiety. And he deals with these lions and he deals with the leopards. And he does it by manifesting his resurrection power and his victory over them through the cross and his resurrection. So this is a call for God's people. To arise out of their circumstances into his conditions, into his plan, into his details of life. And do so by obedience to this call. Arise means take a step of faith now. And come out right now when he's calling. And as you come out, then it's a beautiful principle. Because it's a call for spiritual victory with the word of God and the armor of God over the demons of hell and over Satan and over his accusations and over his projections and over his insinuations. And it means that God's people enter into the resurrection side with the flesh crucified and buried and they begin to fellowship in resurrection. But there's something else it means which is very important. It's a picture of the king calling. Jesus Christ is king. And he's calling his people to his throne ministry and to the authority of his word confirmed, the authority of the whole armor exercised, and the authority of a victory won. I said that many people never come out of self and never come out of their personalities because they never follow King Jesus. And they never follow the king in his victory over the leopard, in his victory over the demons, in his victory over the flesh, in his victory over the atmosphere. And they never follow a king on a throne in resurrection power through the word confirmed in the finished work. And they never follow him by having on the whole armor which Satan cannot resist. He has to flee from it. 
He has no grounds to get in. That's a very important call that the Lord has given. And I want you to think of that call for just a moment. It means that I finally rise up and follow Jesus Christ as the King of Kings. You see, when the Lord is not King, the old nature is King, just as sure as you're breathing. And think of it. Think of our position. He's talking about our beautiful position. In Song of Solomon 4, from the top of Sheena, flexible armor, Hermon, the enemy's been destroyed. From the lion's den, they can look down and see his defeat from the mountains of leopards. And, and come with me from Lebanon. He uses the word spouse. Anytime you see the word spouse in Song of Solomon, it's because he's waiting for her to enter into a deeper relationship with him. Then, there's the third calling in Song of Solomon. Um, Chapter 5, if you'd please turn there. There's the third calling by the Lord and this principle in, in Song of Solomon, chapter 4. He says she's a fountain of garden, a well of waters, but she's a garden seal. And this is a picture that she is not a public garden. She's separated unto the Lord in his, in his service. She's a garden seal. She's not for public use. She's not for worldly activities. She's not for worldly affiliations. Song of Solomon, chapter 5, verse 1. Uh, I am come into my garden. And notice now the words of possession. My sister, that means royal family of God. My spouse, I'm waiting for you to develop in love. And... Uh, I have gathered my myrrh with my spice. I have eaten my honeycomb with my honey. I have drunk my wine with my milk. And then to the people that, that were in need. Eat, old friends. Drink, yea. Drink abundantly. And uh, in other words, come and enjoy provisions from me. You're empty. You have need to eat. You have need to drink. You're, you're living in defeat. You're living in sin, perhaps. But come and eat. And that's the practical meaning. She said, I sleep, but my heart waketh. Inwardly, she was alive thinking about Christ. Outwardly, she was resting. Inwardly, she was on fire. Outwardly, she was peaceful. It is the voice of my beloved that knocketh, saying, Open to me, my sister, royal family of God member. My love, we've entered into a relationship with the Word and the Spirit. My dove, you have the Holy Spirit present with you. My undefiled, you're a finished work Christian that's growing in grace. For my head is filled with dew, and my locks with the drops of night. Just about twelve commentaries agree that that's coming from Luke 22:42. He's speaking of himself in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's speaking of where it says he prayed more earnestly and sweat drops of blood came as it were from his body and fell to the ground. This is a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ as a man of sorrows. It's a picture of suffering. It's a picture of his rejection. In Isaiah 53, 3, the word of God says he was despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows. Acquainted we with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. That's a tremendous verse. I want you to think of it now for the third call. He was despised. 
a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. Notice that. We hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, it says the second time, and we esteemed him not. This particular maiden is now being approached for a brand new call. First, he said, come out of yourself. Come out of your moods. Come out of your mental blocks. Come out of uh, just having me for yourself. Come out of me. And follow me in resurrection. Come out of negativity. Come out of legalism. Come out of guilt. Come out of fear. Come out of anger. Come out of laziness. Come out of slothfulness. Come out of crying all the time. Come out of the whining spirit. Come out. Come out. Come out of that wall that you've got between me and you. Let me break down the wall. There's resurrection for you. It's the finished work. But before I ask you to arise and come out on resurrection territory... I'm telling you that there's no spot in you. Song of Solomon 4.7 There's no spot in you. I became sin. I took care of your sins. Don't live in the effects of the old sin nature. Don't live in the product of your own temperament. Don't live in the results of your own endemic history. Step out of it. Live in new creature territory. Live in new covenant territory. Live in grace reigning territory. Step out, arise by faith. And then he said, secondly, crown me as the king in your life. Come under the throne authority of my word that's confirmed with an amen. Put on the whole armor of God. Realize that I've defeated Satan, that you can have victory over the devil and over demons as well or over yourself. You see, in Song of Solomon 2, her problem was herself. In Song of Solomon 4, she didn't understand how to fight the warfare. And it was demons and Satan. In 2, uh, 10 to 12, 13, it was self. But in 4, it's the kingdom warfare with the devil. And he said, in order to experience fellowship with me and, and, and enjoy my victory over them, you've got to crown me as king. Thank you for tuning in. If you can, don't forget to send a tax-deductible gift to us. Your generous donation made to our program promotes this broadcast and ones like it going out on the Internet and broadcast on local stations throughout the United States. So please prayerfully consider what you can give. Find out how to give your donation at www.graceandpublic.com. The calling of God, really an intimate thing. And people have taken that phrase, calling, the calling, your calling, and made it a duty, made it maybe some purpose, some overwhelming purpose or task that we need to accomplish before the end of our lives, or some profession that we're well suited to as individuals. But really this calling, almost like someone calling out across a long room <laughs> that you're on the other end of and saying, come, come over here, come be with me. The wave that you get of recognition when someone sees you and waves you over, that kind of calling really better describes the calling that God has on our lives, that, that intimate purpose. Maybe we can see with the Apostle Paul in the book of Acts, this calling where 
the person of Jesus Christ has been made real to the Apostle Paul. He was an adversary of everything Christian and then suddenly transformed very, very quickly through the voice, the bright light, the, the, the realization in his mind of who Jesus was and is. And um, it transformed him. In Ephesians 1, starting in verse 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. And really this is true, and we heard in the message this calling to resurrection life, that this aspect of calling, arise, arise, wake up, come out of your slumber, out of your passivity, that be filled with the Spirit and in, in resurrection life, come out of death with open eyes and live in me in this new kind of life. Calling is always based on our spotlessness. It's on the grounds of the finished work. I love that statement. And the intimacy, this third aspect of our calling is that we're we're private, we're possessed privately by God. Isn't that good? That in this calling, it's a call to intimacy to come into this intimate circle with him. And although I have many relationships with many people, there is none like my relationship with Christ. This intimacy that I have where on my knees when I before I go to sleep, I can have this intimate pillow, pillow talk, um, discussing the things of the day, confessing my sin if it's necessary, but working out, hashing out the problems of my life early in the morning, late at night, at lunchtime, sometimes maybe in my car. This intimacy of a, of a thought life, but also speaking to God. And I think this is the most amazing kind of therapy we have is this intimacy with God. People need to talk things out with people and we understand that. But wow, what a great thing when you can talk things out with God. When you can get before God alone with your Bible, working things out with God, looking in the scriptures, speaking to him about difficulties, about ideas, about thoughts, about problems, about pain, about joy, about purpose, about a specific location in the world that you have a vision for, a specific group of people that you that you want to go after to communicate to them the life that they can have in Christ. And you want to sit and have that time with God where you where there's planning, where there's where you're looking at a game plan, looking at a way, looking to devise a method with him that's that's biblical and comes from the scriptures as the root, working out a strategy for a particular area, locality, for your family, a path that you might lead your children in. And you, you can have these times with your spouse where it's a, a threefold cord and you're working out with the scriptures about your your son, your daughter, your family, 
And, and this is amazing, that this is the aspect of our calling, this intimacy with him on the basis of what he's done, but moving in a direction, in, in that good, moving in, in a direction. And yes, there may be things to accomplish along the way, and yes, we may see the long-term goals that we have with Christ that we'd love to see accomplished, and, and we do, and we've read about men and women in antiquity and in recent times who have a life with God, who go forward with a plan with him and see amazing things accomplished that were bigger than they could ever do themselves. But they, they were going forward by faith with, with a God who accomplishes the impossible. They saw great and mighty things worked out in the world. We'd love to hear from you, so please go to our website and contact us. The web address is www.graceinpublic.com. The first call that we have is a call to intimacy with the Father, and that can only be accomplished when we know Jesus Christ as our Savior. So if you've never received Him, if you've never accepted the great gift that He's Uh, would give to you, then that would be the first step. You may pray a prayer like this or somehow um, close your eyes and say, Lord, um, I receive the gift that you, you won for me on Calvary. With your shed blood, you paid for my sins and the sins of the whole world. And I want that on my account. I want to enter in by believing in what you've done for me to enter in and that you would take me that you would baptize me that you would cleanse me that you would take me out of one kingdom and place me into yours and I I pray that you would do this thank you Father for saving me and cleansing me and accepting me just as I am and Lord I have a desire that you would move in my life that you would speak to me that you would guide me that you would do great things in my life and teach me through your book how to live this life for your glory in Jesus name Amen